What's up, folks? Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We are, as always, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, check out BuyersAuto.com, and they can hook you up. Spencer, what's up? A uh, lot of subtle recruiting movement. Not much, you know, big headlines, things that are actually happening. It's like things are happening without really happening. It's a weird time in recruiting, but but uh, there's still plenty enough to talk about. We can we can get this thing done. Yeah, we're 10 months into the dead period, but we are like one month into the transfer period, right? Like this, this new mystical place that doesn't really exist, I guess, because we still don't know entirely how the NCAA is going to handle all this stuff. Yes, you know, we, we're under the impression that there's going to be allowed that free transfer year uh, for pretty much anyone that wants it. And that's why I want to start here because two days ago, uh, Monday afternoon, we were talking about Justin Fields leaving Ohio State and his impact. We were talking with Austin. Uh, and, you know, I've been pretty vocal that I thought Ohio State needs a fourth quarterback in their room. I still believe that based solely on what Ryan Day has said repeatedly over the last two years that he wants four scholarship quarterbacks. And so doing the math there, I said, and as I believe as a person, but also just from listening to Ryan Day, that there's a likelihood that the Buckeyes are going to look for a fourth quarterback somewhere, right? Now, so what I said then was that I thought Malik Willis at Liberty was a player who would fit the offense really well and could be a perfect one-year stopgap for Ohio State while they developed their younger quarterbacks. Go ahead. Did you at any point say there was a rumor that he would be transferring in? No. Did I say he was leaving Liberty? No. Did I say (laughs) Ohio State had reached out to him? No. There is none of that that's happening. It was simply my opinion that I thought if you're looking for a one-year stopgap while the three freshmen develop, Malik Willis is the guy that I personally would think would be a perfect fit for the Ohio State offense. That's that's what was said. So – a lot of Instagram-y type uh, Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, social media accounts that cover college football um, have now begun to cite Letterman Row as a source saying that we reported Malik Willis was likely to transfer from Liberty, and that has never been said, period. I did not say that. Spencer, did you say it? No, I, I believe what you're trying to do right now is clear the air. Yeah, I just don't want people thinking that I said that this kid's transferring because I, I didn't. I said, I think in a world where you can go out and pick any quarterback you want to supplement the roster, I, he is the guy I would personally want on the Ohio State roster. So that's where that is. Okay. So for anyone out there watching, listening, I am not saying that Ohio State is trying to get Malik Willis to transfer, nor uh, is anyone suggesting that. So please, please, please take this as me saying, don't take what I've said and make it into something I didn't say. What I think is that Malik Willis would be a hell of a good quarterback in the Ohio State offense. And if they're looking at a grad transfer, that's where I would go, where I am charged. Okay. We good? Got it. Got it. You have the air has been cleared. It's it's telling you it it feels a little cleaner now that you've gotten that off your chest. I'm telling you, the Internet is just a weird place, man. Like and I I get it. Maybe it's my fault, Spencer, because, you know, I I like to sort of speak in code at times. Um, This was not code. And maybe I I apologize if I was 
putting it out there in a way that makes people believe that it was like, you know, some sort of hidden agenda. It's not, it was just my personal, if I was playing NCAA college 14 and there was a free transfer year, that's the quarterback I would go after. Okay. Makes. I think that makes sense. This is kind of like when you, uh, you brought up the whole in a dream scenario, Ohio right. State could bring in this coach. Nobody really ran with that, but then you bring up one quarterback name and the whole world melts. But okay. So there are other players who are not in the transfer portal that are constantly being talked about. Uh, it seems like in the, the dark web of the internet. Okay. So one of those is Elias Ricks, uh, cornerback at LSU who, is being now again, and this this happened about a month and a half ago, actually, Spencer, where people started to have this idea that Elias was going to be leaving LSU and that Ohio State and USC are the two schools to really watch if he was able to, to move on, if he decided to move on. Okay? He's not in the transfer portal. Let's be clear. I don't know anything about his intention to do so. I know that there's rumblings that he is not entirely thrilled with life in Baton Rouge, with everything that's gone on with the program. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that Ohio State fans have always had this this rumor itch to scratch. I think that it's just he's just one of those guys, you know. They, they wanted it, Ohio State fans wanted him badly. I know Ohio State probably wanted him badly. He's a top, you know, 30 player in the country, five star cornerback. He was a hot commodity. And, uh, for LSU to land him was a huge deal. So I think that he's just one of those guys that's always on the minds. That's like, hey, you know, look at what's going on at LSU. They had a bad season. Maybe he would want to come. And that's turned into some rumor mills. So I think that – I think that's there okay. Is, it, there may be something to it. I mean, let's be honest. It, it, there is oftentimes a fire behind some of the smoke that comes out. But I guess the point I'm trying to make, Spencer, is that until this kid's actually in the transfer portal – it doesn't make sense to spend too much time worrying about it. You know, uh, again, it, it would make sense that if he does leave LSU, that Ohio State, which is one of the top two schools, three schools in his mind before he signed with LSU, that they would be a, a place he would look at. There's an obvious need at cornerback for the Buckeyes for someone to come in and step in and play. He was the best freshman cornerback in the country. He's from Southern California. So obviously USC makes sense and they're putting together a little run um out there with some some big time signees and so you just start to to wonder okay maybe this makes sense he's very close with legend cavazos julian fleming a lot of those guys from the 2020 class maybe maybe i'm just gonna say maybe okay but until he's in the portal i think people spend too much time worrying about what could be and not what is yeah but you know, as we move along, and this is a really good transition, I'll give myself some credit here. There is a guy already in the portal who could be an option for the Buckeyes if they want yeah. to. I, I think you're talking about Jalen Green at Texas, um, who is a player that I think was, you know, very highly rated coming out of high school. He had interest in the Buckeyes coming out, but he was from Texas and, and really didn't give an opportunity to, to get a real good look at, at Ohio State. The Buckeyes were transitioning um, defensive backs coaches and that kind of stuff. And so there was a little bit of uh, discombobulation occurring at that time. He is in the transfer portal as Texas is making, you know, changes to their staff. Jalen Green is a player that I've been told uh, by sources in the, uh, in the Plains. It's not really the Plains, is it? I mean, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains, that's the, that's the yeah. you know, Texas, Oklahoma over the that 40, area. I thought it was the 40 acres. 
whatever. I mean, I don't know how many acres there are. I'm just saying that there's that there's a, a there's like you know the I, some people call that the Midwest, but we Ohioans obviously call Ohio the Midwest, even yeah. though it's really not. You know, we're like more like the Mid East. Now we're the Midwest. But, but I don't know that we are. Like geographically speaking, I think we're the Middle East. Hey, so here's the thing: we're not the I'm, Middle East, but like the <laughs> Mid East, not the Mid the Mid East of America. Here, they grow corn in Ohio, right? A lot of it. It's the Midwest. I don't think that corn growth is an is a necessarily a a geographic labeler. But anyway, he uh, the people down in that in, in the Texas area are saying that there is interest from Jalen Green in Ohio State. I don't know necessarily yet if there's interest in Ohio State or, or in Jalen Green from Ohio State, but I know that at least when you're looking at filling spots via the transfer portal in a year where you are going to have some wiggle room because of roster flexibility uh, via COVID-19 and all that stuff, uh, I think that it's at least interesting. He's a name to actually watch that's actually in the transfer portal, right? So that's keep an eye on that at least for the, the short term. I think this is a good balancing act for Ohio State, a good balancing exercise for Ohio State. You bring in multiple defensive backs in the 2020 class. You bring in – which you, you're always going to bring in multiple defensive backs in every class. You really should. Uh, then you bring in six or seven, depending on who you classify where, defensive backs in the 2021 class. And now you're talking about getting proven talent to come in and supplement that until those 2021 guys are ready to play. But it's also – you know. You just brought in six or seven, excuse me, defensive backs. You right. can't just be bringing in defensive backs to to play for a year because you've got an, you've got so many guys in that room already that that are coming from high school to Ohio State. So I think it yeah, is a balancing a balancing yeah. act. You have to strike. I agree. You're not doing it willy nilly. You're not doing it unless it's a guy that you think is really going to come in and be a leader and a contributor right away. Um, and that's where I think someone like Elias Ricks, again, maybe this is why people like to talk about it and get all enamored with him because he is obviously, he, he's a top 10 pick in the NFL draft when, you know, at the end of his junior season. Um, but he's not in the portal. So Jalen Green may not be that uh, high of a ceiling as Elias Ricks, but he is a very good player. And again, I know from talking to people that there is interest in Ohio State from his side. I guess we'll see if that's the case. Um, you know, from Ohio State towards him. But that's neither here nor there. The Buckeyes aren't going to do a whole lot of that, you know, stuff until signing day is over, over. Um, which is why I think that there's still sort of some uncertainty around another transfer possibility that we talked about in the Haskell Garrett breakdown uh, on LettermanRow.com, and that is Paulier Nao Teote, who I don't know um, – Right now, if you look at the Buckeyes roster, yes, you lose four linebackers. You lose Baron Browning and Justin Hilliard and Tough Borland and Pete Warner. But you have a lot of guys waiting in the wings. And I don't know that there's necessarily a, a spot where you'd say, okay, he is infinitely better than what we have on the roster. Um, and so as you're still recruiting Rajon Davis out in California, you have Reed Carrico coming in. You have the young guys on the roster like Cody Simon and Mitchell Melton. And you still have, you know, Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell and Kayvon Pope and um, Tommy, uh, Liam, Tommy Eichenberg and all these other dudes that are waiting their turn. I don't know. This is where, you know, what you just said, Spencer, does it make sense? Let's also not forget that Court Williams can play really wherever he wants in the defense. I think he could classify as one of those guys waiting in the wings as well. And I do think, like, 
I thought Cody Simon was ahead of schedule this year, even yeah. during an eight game schedule where he didn't have a spring camp. He didn't have fall camp really like a normal season. I thought he was ahead of schedule. I think he looked, you know, he didn't look out of place when he was on the field. I think Craig Young is a guy that, that has some potential to play a lot next year. You know, I'm, I was impressed by Dallas Gantt, which a lot, some people are, some people aren't, uh, you know, the name like Taraja Mitchell is always going to be there. Does it really make sense to bring in another linebacker other unless he's a recruit that you can, you know, mold in your own? I know that I'm not even going to try and say his name. The, the guy from USC, I'll let you handle the name on that one. But uh, I know he's talented. Like we, we know he's a proven commodity that's very talented. But there comes a point in your program where you have to balance, just like in the secondary, you have to balance those high school guys uh with bringing in another guy and i know there's no hurt feelings when it comes to trying to win a national championship because there just can't be but at the same time you know if you bring in another guy after making all these juniors wait uh so long to play and you know yeah. they, they think they're ready next year and then you bring in another guy uh that's going to play over that over them because you know that he probably could start at ohio state i just don't know how well that sits in a program the tagline at ohio state is developed here not brought in here for one year to play over guys that have been developed here. You know what I mean? And I think that they want to be very, very cautious about if you're adding a transfer to the, to the program, it needs to be in a spot like Justin Fields, where there was a clear cut gap and a need for that player, um, a clear cut position hole, uh, you know, a vacuum of people at that spot. Um, and I don't know that there is a vacuum at linebacker. I don't know that there is a vacuum at defensive back. But then you see a guy, again, who's not in the portal like Elias Ricks, and you say, he's too good. If he wants to come here, you have to let him. You have to figure out how to get it to happen. But until he's in the portal, don't worry about it. Like, stop stressing about things. And I guess that's something – I mean, I tweeted about this the other night. Um, you know, when Chris Olave announced that he was returning to Ohio State, the first thing, I mean, within 10 seconds of me, you know, retweeting our story on Letterman Road that he was returning, the, the first comment I received was, well, do you think this means any of the young guys are going to transfer? And, and it's like, man, I wish people, you, you'd hope that after the last year of, of life and the last year of just the human experience, that people could find it to in them to just grab one little moment of happiness and be like, Hey, that's pretty cool. This dude's coming back and he wants to be a part of the program and he's an all American type player. And Hey, that's great. But instead the, the initial reaction is doom and gloom about who potentially could be leaving. And it's sad, Spencer. It's, it's, sad. it's crazy to me because here's the deal. And I, I don't know if I'm going to break anybody's heart or, or, you know, really not mine. Throw, throw a surprise at somebody. There's always going to be movement every off season. Every offseason, there's movement. If Chris Olave coming back means that a wider, another wide receiver is going to leave, so be it. It's it's Ohio State. The program is going to be fine if one of the young guys transfers out. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying hypothetically. You know, if the Buckeyes, and this could be a transition, if the Buckeyes can land JT Tui Malau, I, there's probably going to be a defensive tackle that looks at that's a year or two older than him and says, I can't play over him, and, and go and leaves. But when he commits, it's just going to be boom, boom, boom. Nobody's going to ask. Does that mean somebody's transferring? So it just no, but it, what me. they do, what people do in that instance, Spencer, is okay. Who's the next commitment? Immediately, yeah, it's it's just crazy to me. Like every off season, there's so much movement, and when a guy yeah. chooses to come back, an all American caliber player chooses to come back, don't let that great news be the thief of your joy. 
Yeah, attrition is normal. Attrition is uh, everywhere it's, it's in college healthy. football. And it's going to get worse. And I, I think that this is the hard thing for people who have always sort of looked at college football um, as a saving grace, like a, as opposed to the NFL with the constant player movement. And, you know, there the amateurism side of college football is going away. Like we can see that like it, this this transfer portal, the the free transfer year, the eventual name image likeness stuff. It's going to change the way college football is viewed. And I know that it makes people frustrated because you want to just enjoy the purity of the game. But every year now, we're going to hear about, oh, there's rumors about this person leaving or this person leaving. Or, And I, I know maybe it sounds stupid for someone, you know, or people who report on this and, and get paid to talk about it and get paid to, to pay attention to it. Um, it it's not worth stressing about because quite frankly as spencer just said judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details ohio state is the winningest you know most has more wins than any program in college football history or something right i mean is there well, anyone yeah. i mean one of the top two or three programs in college football history the buckeyes have you know, had a, a down year in 2011, a down year in 2000. Um, but beyond that, it's been a pretty good run for the last, I don't know, 120 years or so. Um, the the chances of one player leaving and upsetting the apple cart to a degree that things are, uh, you know, unsavable is very, very low. And you certainly don't want anyone leaving. You want, you wish you could have 115 scholarship spots, but the fact is there's one football the, the, the state of college football is changing. And if you want great players on your team, that means other great players may have to go play somewhere else. And that's, that is just the curse of, of success, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing that I'll say about this, because I think it's a, it's a discussion worth having in a recruiting sense, because the way I see attrition is it's healthy for a roster. You know, if a guy thinks he can contribute somewhere else, let him go. If a guy, you know, doesn't want to be developed here anymore, you know, let him go. And if he doesn't want to be part of the brotherhood anymore, those two taglines kind of play along with all this attrition stuff. Like the brotherhood is there, but there's still attrition developed here is there, but it's still, there's still attrition. And that's just when you recruit at the highest level, like the highest level among Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, there will be transfers. That's just the way it is. And that when, when you bring in, you know, I think there's seven, six, five-star guys in the 2021 class, that's going to lead to some movement in the transfer portal on the opposite end of the roster in the juniors and seniors and, and redshirt sophomores and guys like that, because those five-star guys are talented. So that's just what recruiting does. When you recruit at a high level, guys leave, you know, the guys who aren't as good leave. That's just the way college football has always worked. We just see it in the public eye a lot more now. Yeah. And there's always going to be people who live in hindsight. And I understand that. I mean, if you look at Joe Burrow and his decision to transfer when he left the school, when he left Ohio State, the majority of people were pretty, you know, understanding and encouraging and saying, hey, go get him down at LSU, Joe. And then most Buckeye fans still, 
you know, support Joe Burrow and, and consider him a Buckeye. I mean, he did graduate from Ohio State. You can be developed at Ohio State and still go play somewhere else and still represent Ohio State. And that, that's just the way that college football is going. Um, you know, there certainly is a different level of um, almost psychology necessary for these college coaches anymore to be able to balance egos and development and and uh, outcome and, and production. So uh, this is why you have young coaches like Brian Hartline, why you have young coaches like Ryan Day who are in charge of the program, because these guys understand that the, the game is changing and the way you have to manage people is changing. And, uh, you know, I guess – to, to put a nice little bow on this transfer talk, it's probably going to happen at some point. So you may as well just be grateful for the people that are in the program, be grateful for the time they spent in it and, and be glad that they're going on somewhere else to continue to grow. And, you know, like if you look at Mookie Cooper, for example, I mean, I don't think anybody begrudges a guy like Mookie for leaving Ohio state. The offense is changing. And when the Buckeyes were recruiting him, they had an idea of how you use a guy like him in the offense. And then you start to see, well, maybe that's not the way it's going to be anymore. Maybe you don't have that, you know, uh, combo player that's when you can have receivers running the end arounds instead of having Curtis Samuels. You can have true receivers doing. Um, well, and you want you just want them to go be successful. Yeah, and I I look at a guy like Jalen Gill who just did not flat did not work out at Ohio State. We yeah. I think we can say that now a year later. That the the Jalen Gill recruitment was was exciting for Ohio State, but it just didn't work out. He goes to Boston College. He made an impact for Jeff Hathaway at Boston College, and good for him. Like he was developed a little bit at Ohio State, and then he goes on and he's successful, and good for him. And Ohio State was completely fine. So I just think that you know those two examples, Mookie Cooper, the, that example, Jalen Gill, kind of almost a, a similar example there. But but you just be happy for him and move on. And uh, I guess we can move on because I, I know we wanted to talk about one more guy. Yeah, I, and I'm my last point on this is I, I mentioned this on the radio on Tuesday morning, and I, I could talk about this for a while. I, I understand. I mentioned this on the radio on Tuesday for for young guys. If they're concerned about playing time right now, and and, and they're going to have this this year didn't happen, right? So they're all still true freshmen if they want to be. The opportunity to play with and play alongside and to be trained with and to learn from a guy like Chris Olave is more valuable to me. And maybe maybe I'm seeing this totally wrong. But to me, that's more valuable to have another year with a guy like Chris Olave who works like he does, who leads like he does. To me, that's more valuable than 10 catches. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. So we'll leave it at that. Um, you know, we, we, you mentioned JT to him allow the, um, you know, number one ranked player in the country. There were two more uh, crystal ball predictions put in for JT on Tuesday night. And I think people are starting to get this sense that the the relationship that he has with Larry Johnson and Ohio State may be enough to carry the Buckeyes into the eventual signature, um, even without a potential visit. So, Spencer, there's talk from some folks on the Ohio State side that maybe JT is going to end up signing in February after all and not waiting until April. Uh, you know, I think – in a normal year, we would probably say that's a negative, you know, because he hasn't been to Ohio State, but it doesn't feel like it's like it is at this point. Yeah, it seems like the relationship is winning out. And, you know, Ohio State has the luxury right now of zeroing in on, you know, JT Tumalau and Rajon Davis. And I'm sure we'll bring up Rajon Davis in just a few minutes. But I think it's important for the Buckeyes. They nailed down everybody they needed to 
in that early signing period. And now they can just zero in on these two very elite top end prospects. And one of them being the number one player in the country, when you can focus, you know, like a laser on one guy and put all your attention on one guy and have that and see that momentum in real time, start, you know, continue to shift toward you. That's gotta be a good feeling for Larry Johnson, for the entire coaching staff. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, JT, I mean, I, I do not sit here to pretend that I have a relationship with him. I've tried to, to get some conversation going with him over the last year. He does not talk to anyone in the media other than Brandon Huffman out in Seattle. And that's certainly his right. And uh, I don't uh, disparage him for it. But I so my entire read on this situation is based on what I hear from other people, uh, what I hear from the uh, signees in the Ohio State class. And what I do know is that in the last month and a half, he has been much more consistent and regular in the amount of conversation he's having with the Ohio State signees. So that's something that I think uh, is a positive sign as we head towards signing that. And from what I understood, like I said, I believed initially that he would wait until April or maybe even May to make a decision to make sure he could visit Ohio State, make sure he could visit Alabama again and really get a full uh, look at the other schools he's looking at, including Oregon, USC. Um, but that signing day date, like it sort of just looms weird for people. Like I think there is this idea that I have to sign in February and, and get it over with. And maybe maybe they do just because they want it over with. Um, I don't think that it hurts or helps Ohio State one way or the other if he decides to sign on February 3rd. I think that the decision will be the same no matter what. I still believe that JT Tuomala will end up signing with Ohio State. Um, but certainly it is a it is a delicate dance that they're doing uh, with him. And I don't think he needs to visit to make that uh, commitment. I do think that Rajon Davis needs to visit before he makes that commitment because it just seems like his family – uh, is less open to the idea of him moving away 2,500 miles to go to a college that they haven't been to. So I, I think that for people wondering, you know, if we're going to play in or out, uh, there's only two names on that list, so we don't need the theme song or anything. But right now I have JT Tuomalau in, and I have Rajon Davis out because here we are two weeks to signing day, and he has not visited yet. And he seemed pretty intent when he was on Bermanology three weeks ago uh, that he felt like he had to make a visit before uh, he could feel comfortable committing. Makes sense that, you know, we just put a bow on it with some 2021 in or out. And that might be the last time we play in or out all year. Well, I'm, for, for the 2021 class. class yeah. Cause we could start by playing it for the 2022 class um, and really dialing, diving in, dialing, dialing, diving, diving in, um, to the recruitment of Will Johnson, five-star cornerback from Gross Point South High School in Michigan. We talked about him on last week's show. He did make his visit to USC over the weekend, and I think that for Will that was an important trip just to see uh, if he was comfortable going that far away from home. Uh, and if he, you know, obviously it's nice to go out to Southern California in the middle of January when you're from uh, the Detroit area. But um, 
coming out of that, the, the real talk around Will Johnson, Spencer, was whether or not Michigan was going to hire a coach that he had a good relationship with uh, in the secondary or if they were going to retain Mike Zordich. It looks like they're not retaining Zordich. And now they've hired a, a co-defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you, being a bigger football fan than I am in general, uh, what do you know about, about their new co-DC? Uh, he was at Minnesota for a year. He was at Texas A&M for a couple of years where he recruited some pretty, pretty nice players on the defensive side uh, with Mike Elko at, at Texas A&M, from what I understand. And then he spent one year this last year with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I've watched the Cowboys. The secondary looked bad, but that's obviously you know not yeah. always the coaches. That's not always the coaches fault in the NFL. Um, to be honest, the, the you know, position coach doesn't always have control of which players he's coaching. And so I think that, that that's something important to understand when, when you look at a coach and say, hey, you know, this guy coached the Dallas Cowboys secondary. It's like, well, the Cowboys were 31st against the pass. Well, it's like, hey, you know, they, they weren't talented. So, yeah. uh, but I do think, you know, that's a guy that I think um, from the very limited information that, that we know Will Johnson does like, um, yeah. I believe. And so it will get interesting, I think. I don't think this recruitment is over. Um, I, you know, you have more of a read on, on the entire scope of the situation, but I don't think this recruitment is over by any stretch. Well, I think it's a matter simply here of Michigan, what they're going to try to do, um, with their new coaching staff and is try to convince Will Johnson to slow down. You don't need to make a decision right now. Let us prove to you who we are. Let us show you what we're going to build here. Um, and Ohio State is saying, hey, if you know, you know. Um, back in February of 2013, Damon Webb committed to Ohio State out of the Detroit Cast Tech High School. And he was expected by everyone to go to Michigan. Uh, not a situation apples to apples. His father didn't play at Michigan like Will Johnson did. But I think if you're willing to make that decision that early, if you kind of feel like, hey, I, I'm ready, I think you do it because you know where you want to be. Um, and I think right now it's still trending towards Ohio State being the place that Will Johnson is going to choose. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to timing. If this decision is made in the next week to 10 days, like he's hinted, it could come. I think that bodes very, very well for Ohio State if it stretches and Michigan gets an opportunity to, to keep building the relationship and getting the new coaching staff to know who they are. Uh, and getting Jim Harbaugh the opportunity to to try to salvage what seemed like a uh, unsalvageable situation, I think maybe things change. But this is not one of those situations where I feel like if he commits, well, it is. So if Will Johnson were to commit to Ohio State in the next two weeks, the conversations that you're going to read about and see about him everywhere in Michigan message board circles, especially, are going to start with it's a long way to signing day, long way to signing day, right? That's and that's obvious and true. Um, but again, I don't think as a player who's a Michigan legacy, I don't think you commit to anywhere else, let alone Michigan's biggest rival this early, unless you are 100% sure that that's the right decision for your future. So it's and sort of I like Quinn Ewers to me. I think there's a level of vetting that Ohio state would do to take a commitment from a Michigan legacy that way, 10 months from now, you know, right up to signing day. He flips to Michigan because you don't want that. And I know yeah. that that's not really something Ohio State can control in January of 2021 for the 2022 class. But I do know that Ohio State's been burnt a couple times now on kids flipping. And, you know, 
whether it's a powerhouse program or not, it, it's a little uh, humbling when a kid, you know, decommits and, and commits somewhere else instantly and just flips. I don't think yeah. Ohio State wants to be in that situation. So I think there's a certain level of vetting that goes on with, you know, where are you at in your recruitment? How do you feel about this? What happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? Are you sure you want to make this decision? You know, Ohio State will not make him commit right away because they don't want him to flip to Michigan down the road and Michigan, you know, tally a win over Ohio State in the recruiting column. Yeah, the Buckeyes don't play the pressure game, but I think that they will say, hey, if you're ready, you're ready. And uh, certainly you would rather be the team that has the commitment than being the team that's trying to flip it. Um, but the situation is different. So if, if Will Johnson were to commit to Michigan in two weeks, Ohio State would continue to talk to him, but they would turn their focus elsewhere. It would be, you know, you go after Denver Harris, you go after Kamani Jackson, you find someone else to compliment Jair Brown and Jaheim Singletary. If he commits to Ohio State, the Michigan pressure is going to be ramped up to 20 because they're, they, they can't afford to take the PR loss of losing the state's best player and Michigan legacy to Ohio State. So it's a different world altogether, which is why I'm saying if, if, if a player like Johnson is ready to commit this early and he knows that he's ready to commit this early and it ends up being Ohio State, I feel like the strength of that commitment is way uh, stronger. Uh, the strength is stronger. Dur, dur, dur. The, the, um, I think it's, it's, it's much tighter than people would think from the outside because you just don't do that unless you're 100% sure that's what you want. So uh, anything else, Spencer? No, this is our longest show in a while. I think that it was needed, though. So I think we got there's a lot, a lot, of a lot to get off my chest, Spencer. OK, it's been a very stressful few weeks. Uh, everyone's saying that I'm saying things and I don't like it. I'd, I'd, you know, the thing is, Spencer, I will say pretty much a lot of things if you just keep me talking. I like to talk, um, but uh, I don't want I don't like when people say things that I said that I didn't say. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just you're just shutting down rumors and additional information. But I digress. Anyway, um, this has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Auto. That is Spencer Holbrook. I am Jeremy Birmingham. Which way are you? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, please you know rate, review, subscribe, leave us a note on our uh, iTunes or whatever pet plot podcast platform you listen to this on. Rate, review. We'll answer questions, especially if you leave them on the. Uh, you know, uh, reviews. So uh, we are going to do a podcast in the next, I don't know, probably week to 10 days as we head into the signing period about, you know, just a, a full on mailbag. So um, any questions, just, you know, reach out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. See you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.